let me pray one more time. God, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you already in advance for what you're going to do. Father, I pray that through the preaching of your word, through the movement of your spirit, Father, that today changes lives. Father, I pray that today seals eternity for people in this room, Father. Lord, I pray that today is just that life-changing because of the power of your name. We declare your name up in this place, Jesus. Amen. This is a, uh, a picture of one of the, my favorite rooms uh, in my house in New Hampshire. And uh, when, I, when I travel to New Hampshire uh, to visit my, my parents, one of my favorite things to do is to wake up. I'm an early riser. I wake up early, and I'm usually the first one sitting in this room. We sleep up the stairs, come down, sit in this room, grab a cup of coffee, sit there. And then my dad's an early riser, so he usually joins me. We start reminiscing and talking, and eventually my mom will wake up, Abel will wake up, and kind of one by one, this room starts to fill up with all of my loved ones, people that I'm close to, and it's just this, a really peaceful morning to wake up and start telling stories and reminisce. One of, I have two younger brothers, uh, and I'm the coolest of the three, so don't worry, you got the better, uh, no, I'm just kidding, they watch this sometimes, and, uh, but... We love reminiscing like brothers do, we, like siblings do. You can look to your sibling right now, and I'm sure you have stories to tell that you don't want mom or dad to hear. And, and so oftentimes, it starts off all peaceful and whatnot, but as we're talking, we start going around the room and start listing the things that, oh, by the way, mom, you know that coffee mug you had? Well, one summer, that, that, that handle, it wasn't really there, but we became experts in super glue, and, and, and we start going around the room listing all the things. I think that there's an elephant someplace. I think there's an elephant right down here uh, that was missing the, like, the horn thingy, whatever they have, that nostril thingy, and a uh, trunk, that thing, and uh, we broke it off, super glued it back together. I, I know... Whatever. Uh, and, uh, and, so, uh, and so we broke in. We tell mom and dad all the things that we broke and all the things how we became experts and they never even knew. But you know, and you're, you don't want to look at your sibling right now because mom or dad will find out that you broke something in the house. But you know you have broken something and you've super glued it back together. And, and what you do, what happens when you break something in the house? How does the conversation go? You look at, all the siblings look at one another and they go, who's going to tell mom? You tell mom. No, you tell mom. No, and, and that conversation, because no one wants to go to mom and share, well, you know your favorite coffee mug, how I had a handle, now we don't want to get, like, because we don't want to share the bad news. No one wants to go to mom and share the thing that you just broke. And so finally, somebody has to be the fall guy. They have to go to mom and share, ah, ah, ah. we never did that. We just super glued things. We don't like sharing the bad news. It's like getting a, a promotion at work. You become a manager. You love, you love the new promotion. You love managing people. You love that until one of your first days on the job, your boss comes to you and says, you have to go fire so-and-so. Oh, you don't want to do that. Now, now management is no longer any fun. I have to tell so-and-so with a wife and kids that they're out of job. But... But over time, as, as you grow, as, as you become a manager longer and longer, as you deal with more and more people, if we're honest, you might have that one employee that, should it come time to fire them, you might actually enjoy firing them. You might actually enjoy saying the words, you're fired. Jonah is in a unique struggle where, where he has to be the one to go and tell people some tough news. And here's what he doesn't like about it. 
He doesn't like that they're going to hear mercy, and odds are they're going to receive mercy, and they're going to be welcomed before God, just like God's chosen people, Israel will be. And so Jonah has been fighting it. Are there people in our lives that should they actually, if we share mercy with them, if we share the good news of the gospel with them, that should they say yes to Jesus, that if in our, in our broken nature, would we actually say, I don't think I want to spend eternity with this person. And Jonah is in that place because he's lost sight of the mercy he himself has received. We've been talking about Jonah. We're in chapter 3 now. You can turn there in your Bibles or on the app. If you open up the app, the, the Bible portion will turn to Jonah 3 for you. Well, here's what's happening. The Lord of the Lord came to Jonah, and, 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 and he was supposed to go to Nineveh. What did, what did Jonah do? Instead of going to the Assyrian country in Nineveh, what did he do? He runs the other side of the world. He, try, he gets in a boat. He tries running from God. God sends a storm. It gets all sorts of crazy, and it gets like bada-bing, bada-boom. Sailors throw him over into the ocean, big old fish comes, swallows him up. Jonah prays, has a change of heart. He's, he's conflicted, but he takes a step, a step at least in the right direction, although he's still conflicted and torn within himself. And now last week we ended with Jonah being vomited up onto dry land. And here we, we pick it up in Jonah chapter 3. It says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. He's, he's able to hear from God again. Why? Because he's been reconciled. Because he's turned to God. He's, he's, he has his ear inclined to God. This is, this is Jonah having received the goodness and the grace of God. And no, now the word comes a second time. Saying, saying, arise. So do you, do you catch this word, arise? You know what that means? Jonah got vomited out on the dry land. And what is he not doing? He's not on mission. He's not en route to Nineveh. He's sitting still. He's, he's going nowhere. He's, been dry, he's on dry land. I'm out of the fish. Good, great, wonderful. Now I'm doing nothing. So the word of the Lord has to come a second, a second time and say, arise, get going, move. Why wasn't Jonah already en route? Arise and what? Go. That's a compound word in the Hebrew that you and I could translate that go now. Go immediately. Jonah, stop sitting on your donkey butt and get, get going. Jonah, get off your butt and get going. Go now. Go immediately. To where? To Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it. The message that I tell you. Jonah, this isn't going to be your message. Jonah, this is my message. You just go, and I will tell Jonah, I'm, you have to go en route. You have to get moving and traveling. You don't know the message that you're going to share until you're already there. Once you're there, I'll tell you what you're going to say. So Jonah has to go en route. Here's, here's what we can learn from this passage is that Nineveh is a wicked city. And if God is a holy God and a righteous judge, God has to act. If God is holy, and that means perfect, never having sinned. You may not have sinned many, many times, but just one sin makes you imperfect. One, one sin. You cannot, if God's holy standard is perfection, absolute perfection, you can just look at your morning and say, I have not reached that standard. 
And God has to deal with it. And so he sends Jonah. But he gives him a message. This is, that message is different than what he said in chapter 1. In chapter 1, in chapter one he, he said, for their evil has come up before me. Now he's saying, he's ending it differently, saying, now it's a message that I will give you. And so our job, Jonah's job, is not to speak our preference. It's not to speak the, our, our perceived message. It's to speak the message of God, to speak what God is telling us to say. We're not trying to speak for God, perhaps. We're trying to speak what God wants us to say. Don't, don't make it all, like, just speak what God wants you to say. Don't try to complicate it. And so, Jay, if you could come up here, you can bring that table up here, too. I asked Jay, uh, not this Jay, different Jay. Uh, Jay, uh, I see him on social media. And uh, Jay just started working out this week. Come, come stand right here for me. And uh, so he just started going to the gym this week. And, uh, and so I, needed, I, I asked, I Facebook messaged you asking if I could borrow his muscles uh, that he's been gaining this week. And, uh, and so they're going to bring this up here. I just need to ask you to do something for me. Jordan's been going to the gym, too, up on the stage. You're going to dye your hair pink? Okay. All right. That's a good call. All right. Here's my bag of toys. All right. Thank you. All right. Jay, for your, for your, for your muscles, I'm just going to ask you, this is uh, like a 12-ounce cup, so this might weigh like 16 ounces. Like, new to the gym and everything, but you can handle 16 ounces. All right, so take this, and all I want you to do for the next, like, handful of minutes, a, a little bit, is hold it out straight. Okay, don't drop it, because they'll make fun of you. All right? So, so I, if I have a message, to, I, have, I have just declared a message to Jay. I'm asking Jay, simply hold that up, hold that out straight. That's all I want him to do for the next few moments. It's moments. He, he has some biceps and whatnot, but, but this only weighs like 15 ounces, okay? So, so we're good. I think he can handle that for the next few moments. So here's now how the story now continues. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh. Different than last time. Last time, Jonah jumped in a boat. This time, he's actually going to Nineveh, so he's learned a lesson. And, and according to the word of the Lord, now Nineveh was ex a, an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breath. Here's, here's the, the, between these two verses, for Jonah to get to Nineveh from where he was, you would have to understand the geography. You would have to understand what this, this area of the world to know that for Jonah to get to Nineveh, he's traveling... 15, 500 miles. You're sinning. I told you not to do that. Uh, he had had to travel 500 miles. That's a little bit less than for us to walk to Charlotte, North Carolina. This is about a month's journey. A month's journey of going to Nineveh, walking every single day, wondering, what is God going to tell, tell me to tell these people? So, so that is between these two verses. And Jonah began. Now when he uses, now we'll pause there again. When he uses the word began, that's a compound word in, in, in the Hebrew that's talking about letting go, loosening of something. Jonah, in, in, as he's traveling, not only is he going in, in, on the journey, he's also losing a portion of himself. He's giving of himself. He's, he's letting go of something. Your, your best frozen, let it go, let it go. That's, that's in the, the began. To go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, yet. Here's, here's how the whole story, everything in Jonah has come to this moment. Here's the big old message that God wanted him to say. Jonah, fish, well, sailors, all this thing. I want you to go to Nineveh to say this one message. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's it. 
five Hebrew words. Five Hebrew words. It's a pretty easy job. Just go and speak five words. Mission complete. We don't need to doll up the gospel. Just say what Jesus asks us to say. And the people of Nineveh, what? Believed God. They believed the message. They believed God, not Jonah, but God through Jonah. And they called for a fast and put on sackcloth. Those are, those are signs of repentance. Those are signs of, of turning to God. From the greatest to the least of them. This was citywide, all of them. Why? Because they believed God behind Jonah. Keep holding it up. You work out. You told me you could do this. And so this message seems doom and gloom. This message seems hard. This message seems 40 days and be overturned. This, 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 sounds, like, this sounds like, man, this, this is the dark side to the gospel. This sounds like you have to go into a city that, that of people that hate you and tell them, oh, if you don't look, God will overturn you. There is nothing fun about that. But here's the thing. Do you see how they repented? Do you see how they changed their actions? Why? Because they understand that that word overturned has a double meaning. They see grace in that. It can mean that God will overturn them. It will, it will, he will take care of the city, destroy the city, or it can mean that God's presence and his grace can overpower them, overwhelm them, and he can overturn them with his love and his mercy. They see both things as options. God is hoping that he can be merciful and show them his mercy in line with their repentance. Jonah is simply hoping that they're going to be destroyed as a city and as a nation. But both outcomes are possible. Why? Because we celebrate and we value an all-inclusive gospel message. You keep holding that. We celebrate an all-inclusive gospel message. What is that? That means Jesus can come to anybody. There is no sin that Jesus didn't die for. Can you think of one? We can't on this side of heaven. But you know what that means? What's all-inclusive about that is all-inclusive is that all of us have a need. All of us have done things that displease God where we are all equally sinful, equally unrighteous, equally lacking before God. We all now have the likelihood, not the likelihood per se, but we all have the opportunity to turn to Jesus, where we all have a condition. Jesus is available to be the solution to that condition. This is, this is, like, this is like Jonah's message is, is like going to, going to the seaside. You know on seaside, you go right straight up there. There's usually those people right there on the boardwalk saying, repent or burn in hell. This is, this is like taking the bullhorn, sitting on your soapbox and saying, oh, Jay, you're holding water. Jay, I saw you take a sip. Jay, you're going to burn in hell. You better say sorry. You're going to burn, burn, burn. You've seen those people. It's, yeah, the lights are hot. <laughs> And so that's what happens. And we, we feel like that's the message that, we, that some of us need to share. Burn, 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 repent. Burn, 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 repent. But when people are shouting that from their soapbox on their bullhorn, here's what's not being communicated. The grace of God. These people understood a very real need, but they understood a very real opportunity, the grace of God. And sometimes we can be the person with the bullhorn not sharing the good news of the gospel. This is only, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them hell without giving them Jesus. And then there could be other people on the side that I'm just going to give them Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And, and yes, they do that, but you, they don't understand the need. What are they saved from? And that is the bad side to the gospel. And no one wants to share that. Because it's in our human nature to, be, to want to be the doctor that says, it's a boy. 
and not the doctor that says the cancer has returned. But both messages are needed, isn't it? And for, for Nineveh to understand that God can be merciful, what is he going to be merciful in re, as a result of? Keep holding that. You have to work out. He's not going to the gym tomorrow, at least on that arm. And <laughs> there's a dark side. If, if we want to know the good news of the gospel, we have to understand the bad news of the gospel. If we don't understand the bad news of the gospel, the good news is just news. It's not good or bad. We have, for good news to be good, we have to understand the bad. Jonah has to share the whole message. Nineveh has to understand a very real reality that if you do not get right before God, there is an eternity of and hell before you. And get yourself right with God. God, and God desires to be merciful to you, but you have to understand the complete message. What he is asking of us is to speak those five Hebrew words. You see what Jonah didn't do? Jonah didn't start nitpicking sin. Well, God is going to overthrow you for your prostitution. God's going to overthrow you for your rich crap. He's not picking on isolated sins. He's saying, turn to Jesus, because if you don't turn to Jesus... Reality is going to be really bad for you. He doesn't doll it up. He doesn't, he doesn't start debating the existence of God. He just says, turn to Jesus and don't be overthrown by it be, or be overthrown. We have to boldly uh, claim the word of God. You switched arms. You're too. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Here's how the story now continues. The word reached the king of Nineveh. This has now gone nationwide. The king, revival has sparked in the city to the point where the king hears it. He arose from his throne. He removed his robe. He covered himself in sackcloth. He sat in ashes, and he, and he issued a proclamation uh, published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and the nobles, let them neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let, not, let, let them not... Feed or drink water. He includes the animals. You know how important animals were back in the day? That's their livelihood. That's their business. This now has economic implications when they start saying, I, I don't care if our economy suffers. What good is an economy if we're overthrown by God? So they include the animals. But let man or beast be covered with sackcloth. Let them call out mightily to God. A pagan nation, all sorts of wickedness. All sorts of hatred, all sorts of evil. Now who are they turning to? Who are they calling out to? The one true God. Man, those are five powerful Hebrew words. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from his violence that is in his hands. The king is demanding that they stop acting wickedly. Because if you're truly sorry, you stop doing what you're truly sorry for. That is repentance. And then he says, who knows? Who knows? May, God may turn and relent from, from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. I'll get to that in a second. The king acted instantly. Do you see that? He, 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 he could have he he just been prideful, but instead of being prideful, instead of sitting, sitting on his throne in pride, he sits in his ashes. In, instead, of, instead of saying, well, you guys do you. Thank you for turning. I'll just do me. He, he actually moves. He, he gets the nobles who would, be, who would help with business things. He, he makes this a nation.
nationwide decree. He adds to the decree. He includes a drink prohibition. He includes drink that the people weren't doing before it. He tells them to turn. He, he makes this a legal thing. The king could have acted all sorts of pious, all sorts of, all sorts of whatnot, but the king is now moving forward to lead by example because he wants them to stop acting wickedly because wickedly, he knows that mercy is possible. But in humility, he says, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Because God as a righteous judge, here's what could happen. The city can be overthrown by being destroyed, and God could justly do that because of their sin. Or God as judge can show them mercy. Either outcome is a, is a righteous outcome by God. Who knows what God might do? But we do know, we do know that if we repent, mercy is a possibility. Without repentance, it is not a possibility. How can one, how, what do you want to do? If you want to experience mer mercy and relief from, from your cup of sin, what do you need to do? You need to call out to God. You need to call out to God. That's what happened in, in chapter 1, isn't it? The sailors called out to God. And isn't that what happened in chapter 2? Jonah calls out to God. Here, here's, what happens in, here's what happens in chapter 3. Here's the same thing they do. They call out to God. If you want to receive mercy, you, 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 you call out to God. And I wonder, I wonder if, if they hear this message of, of what they're saying about this cup of sin that they're holding, what they're doing. I wonder if they hear what Jonah is saying for one reason, because it's Jonah speaking it. It's the arch enemy. The arch enemy to Assyria is Israel. I want, if your enemy came to you and said, I hate you in their spirit, in their attitude, but listen, if you don't stop this, the cops are coming. The cops are coming. You, you might take it more seriously because like, you hate me, but this might be actually kind of real because of who is communicating it to me. Whoever, whoever perceives the church as hating a certain sin, May we be the ones that go to them and say, turn to Jesus. We love you. We love you. Because they don't expect to hear a message of mercy and grace for the church, from the church. And may it be us as it was Jonah. And so they take it seriously. And I wonder if it's because of the messenger. For Jonah, this is mission complete. For Jonah, they've repented. For Jonah, this is a good thing. As a preacher, if I preach revival and you all say, like, if everybody leaves here and says, I say yes to Jesus. Then, great, awesome. I would be so glad. But what we'll see next week is Jonah. Jonah doesn't like this response because Jonah is worried about symptoms. We, we, don't, we don't get this response because sometimes we are worried about the symptoms. We don't, we don't get after the heart issue. I want to see this city turned upside down for Jesus. And guess what? Dealing with symptoms will never turn up this city from Jesus. If we give people Jesus... Jesus will take care of the symptoms of our heart issue. Here's, here's what it means to, to tackle a heart issue. You, you put the cup down. That, that, deals, with, that deals with a symptom. But, but if, 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 sin, if sin is there, guess what happens? If we just deal with the symptoms and don't give people Jesus, they, they pick up now a different cup. We'll put in the other arm. They, they pick up a different cup. But, 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 if, but if this now, is, if we don't deal with the heart issue, what happens if they pick up a different cup? Now, now here's what we want to do. We want to we wanna grab a crutch. Our, our sin, because what, because what happens with our sin over time? At first, yeah, I can hold 13 ounces. I'm so big and strong. But now over time, I'm taking sips. 
I need a crutch because over time, the weight of sin, although it starts small, gets heavier and heavier. It's a heavier and heavier burden to the point where we now need a crutch. And what's the crutch sometimes? The crutch is friends that will say, well, this isn't a big deal. Sometimes it's the crutch that says, well, it's just one time. Sometimes it's the crutch of, well, yeah, but like, I'm, I'm a jerk to my dad, but do you know what my dad did to me? What, what's the crutch? Sometimes the crutch is, I, I don't want to deal with this anymore, and so I grab something different. My dad's a jerk to me. I treat him like garbage, and that makes me feel not too good. So I'm going to go to marijuana or alcohol to, to silence my pain. Does that make it go away? Those are all symptoms to a heart issue. If we don't deal with sin, sin has a way of dealing with us. Sin has a way of getting heavier and heavier over time, over time, over time. And there's only one way to deal with it. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. And this is what this, this, people, this people do. They, 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 turn to, they turn to Jesus with, with their heart issue of sin. And you just have like a few more moments. And here's how the story ends. When God saw what they did, you look so good. You all should get a picture. Uh, look, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, and God relented of the disaster, and, and, how, and that, he, that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. He did not do it. They do not get punished. God is merciful. He does nothing because they have repented from their sin. They reconciled. They turned to God. They were sorry about their sins. There is evidence of life change. They have turned from God. And in the sincerity of their repentance, they found the mercy of God. And your story can end this way too. Jay, do you believe I'm not, I'm not going to have you do this all morning? I'm not taking it right now. Do you believe I, I, that, that you don't have to do this much longer? Do you, do you believe that I wouldn't actually ask you to be up here for five, six hours of that, that I'm not asking you to take this cup for your entire life? See, here's the issue. If you believe that, here's, here's what some of us are inclined to do. Go to a place of legalism, put it down, and now we just start doing good works, but good works becomes a symptom because it's just, like Jesus hasn't, like, now we're just legalistic about our religion. So, so well, I'm, not, I'm not asking Jay just to put it down and, and pick something up. Because that gets replaced with something not so good. I'm asking Jay to come over here and pour it out. To empty it out. To empty himself of his sin. To empty himself of, of, of what is filling his cup. Why? Because I understand that when you and I empty ourselves, I understand through the story of Jonah and through the story of the Bible that God's cup is so much bigger than our cup. That God's cup of mercy fills our empty cup, overflowing with mercy. We have towels. We'll get that in a second. I'm sorry to those that... Like God's cup of mercy is so much bigger. God's cup of mercy fills us up. Jay, you can have a seat now. Give Jay a round of applause for doing that. Because mercy fills an empty cup. Mercy fills an empty cup. Belief, belief that, that I need to pour myself up so that I can be filled up by God. 
Belief. That's our big thought for the morning is that belief is the pathway, pathway, pathway to mercy. Belief is the pathway to mercy. Belief is where mercy is found because we pour ourselves out and we're filled with God's, God's relentless mercy, his relentless love for Israel. When Israel would turn to God, because the, they did a whole bunch of stupid things. When they would turn to God, here's what normally they did. They became more compassionate. They, they killed themselves of their pride, and they turned to Jesus, and they became passionate. People experienced the compassion of God. Here's, if you and I are going to repent of our sins, if we're going to turn to Jesus, here's what they better find in the church of people that have received mercy from God. What they better find from people that have received mercy is compassion, grace, and love. They better find it here. We better be a people on mission. If we have received, if God has filled our cup with his mercy, how do we now move forward? How do we move forward for, for, with, with mercy? Well, we move forward by praying for one. We move forward by saying, I want other people to experience pouring it out and letting God fill their cup with mercy. I pray for what? I wake up every single morning saying, God, give me one person. God, I'm praying for somebody by name. I want people to experience the mercy of God. When we talk about love one, love all, it's easy to say, well, love one, love all, that's their thing. But for love one, love all to be a real thing, it can't be their thing. It has to become my thing. It has to be our thing. And that's where people will experience now the mercy of God and pour it out and turn to God. Why? Because Jonah had five Hebrew words. We have seven. God loves you and so do we. You don't think you have the words to tell somebody? Well, Jonah didn't think he had words either. But five Hebrew words was all it took. Jonah said, they will never, ever listen to me. You can think of those people that you would say, they will never listen to me. Jonah didn't think that either. But we're not giving them ourselves. We're giving them Jesus. It's a message about Jesus. So you do have a message to share. Give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. And when you give them Jesus, give them the complete picture. There's a very real need that only Jesus can meet because he walked this earth perfectly. He wasn't under the same, the same bondage that you or I are under. He lived perfectly and died for the sins of the world, rose again so that we could have life. Where there is a need, there is a solution. We have to share the need to, so people can know the solution and turn to Jesus. I don't want to fix the symptoms. I want people to pour it out and give them Jesus. Give him Jesus. Give him Jesus. Why? Because belief, belief, belief is the pathway to mercy. Just start speaking. Lead him to Jesus. Michael Scott or Michael Jordan once said that you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. A failure to speak is a failure to lead. So lead him to Jesus. If we take this seriously, we're not going to conjugate here. We're going to leave here and go out into a community that needs the mercy of God. We're going to get out these doors and go share the mercy of God. We're going to be a people on mission. I want to be a man on a mission leading a people on mission. I don't want to give God a reason to send a storm. Let's go out and get on mission and share the problem so we can share the solution. The gospel is the story of Jesus. The gospel is the story of Jesus. And the good news of the gospel is copied with the bad news that is our condition and how Jesus reaches into that condition. So will you now take it? For some of you, you walked in here with the burden of sin. 
you're holding this, and it's getting heavier and heavier over time. I don't know what's in your cup, but I don't, I don't need to know what necessarily is in your cup, but your cup is filled with something. And if it ain't Jesus, it ain't good. Perhaps you all need Jesus. It's the best thing we can say to people. When you look at your cup of sin, you all need Jesus. I need Jesus. I'm asking you today to consider pouring it out. And letting God in his big old cup fill you with his mercy. Why? Because God wants to. I don't know your past. You could be the most wretched person on the planet. So am I. God wants to show you mercy. There ain't no sin that Jesus didn't die for except for saying when you die, I didn't need him to fill my cup. Will you let him fill your cup this morning? Let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I pray right now, Father, that for people that need to cling to your mercy. Father, for people that need to take your mercy. Father, I pray for people that need to understand that there is a merciful God, that they will cling to that right now in this moment, that they will not leave here with a cup full of sin or, or even an empty cup, Father, but they would leave here now with a cup that was empty and has been filled by the mercy of God. Would they call upon your name, Jesus? And if that's you right now, I pray that you would say something along these lines in the quietness of your seat. God, I am sorry. Father God, I, I repent of my sin. I have no desire to continue on in my sin, in my wrong. God, I am sorry for the sins that I have committed. I am sorry for my wrong. Jesus, I know that I need you. And Jesus, I understand that you are the only answer to my issue with sin. Jesus, today I take you. Jesus, fill me up as I empty myself. Fill me up, Jesus. Fill me up with your mercy. Fill me up with your love. Fill me up with your grace. Jesus, fill me up. Help me to live a life as you have lived it in perfection. And meet me with your grace when I fall short. I want to be more like you now, Jesus. In your name, amen. Just give him Jesus. It's fitting now to close singing about the beautiful name of Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to stay connected, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook or Instagram, and if you would like to help us with our mission of igniting a craving for Jesus by relentlessly loving our community, you can find the link to give and all the other ways to connect with us down in the description box below.